Monday Night Football doubleheader. Steelers Saints win. So that puts a wrap on week two. Deshaun Watson, what are you doing, dude? You got to get rid of the football. Hey, how big of a party was that last night for Oklahoma Sooner fans in their battle with the Cleveland Browns? That was fantastic. It's been a great start to the season for Oklahoma Sooner fans in their battle with the Browns. Do you – can I can I get a quick little NFL take in here real quick? Sure. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to get back to that 2020-19-18 form. It's just – I don't know what's going on there, man. It's it's hard to watch. He is – Yeah, he was bad late in that game last night. Mistake prone. Get rid of the football, man. Throw the what football. Are you, what are you doing? You know, that was that was something that Baker struggled with a lot. Where it was, oh no, 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 I'm I'm throwing this or I'm I'm gonna get away from you. John Middlecoff talked about it a lot. You know, it's not you're not dealing with college DBs anymore. You're dealing with four four, four, three, nine headhunters, for lack of a more family-friendly term. Yeah, Watt and uh, company. <laughs> you're dealing with some beasts out there, and you're not going to get away from them. So, kudos, kudos to you Sooner fans who kept all the receipts in anticipation of last night's, I don't want to say meltdown. You didn't play poorly, but two major mistakes. Lob this thing up for you. You go, you go. Alley-oop slam dunk at home, Sooner Nation. I made a terrible mistake. Big story of the day, of course, is the reported TV ratings from Monday Night Football. And just how – wait, did I say Monday Night Football? <clears throat> Saturday Night Football, late night, where the Colorado-Colorado State game – Late night primetime. Late night primetime. <laughs> someone told me the reason they say late night primetime is because it's late night on the East Coast, but it's primetime on the West Coast. Okay. So, in other words, if that game kicked off at – when did it kick off for us? 9 o'clock? Yeah, it'd be 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock on the West Coast. Okay, well, fair enough. That makes sense. Now, there's more in-depth numbers. Uh, at 1.15 a.m. Central time. God's time zone. <laughs> Colorado and Colorado State were still registering 8.23 million viewers. That's insane. An audience that was more than 1 million viewers bigger than the peak audience of any college football game over the weekend. Now, in fairness, there wasn't a lot of good college football on last Saturday. Any, but to me, any Saturday with football is, is better than any Saturday, period. But that's at 1.15 Central Time, 2.15 a.m. on the East Coast. That's still a time on the West Coast, like 11 o'clock. You're not drawing numbers at 11 o'clock. It's been a long day of football at that point. Right. You're asleep on your couch. If you're built different anyways. It's a long day of football. I am not. I'm obviously soft. But. Hey, you woke up, wild. though, and hit that DVR rewind. I did get to watch the end of it. <laughs> Travis Hunter is out for a few weeks with a lacerated kidney dirty hit feel okay about it what do you think i was dirty i thought so but y'all don't need to be threatening that guy's life on twitter come on what are we even doing right now do people even realize that like it's it's always there always there i mean he's not going anywhere travis hunter did a 
live stream last night wearing what is that a a, a jaguar costume or something you see this no it's like he's wearing pajamas they look like comfy pajamas but it's got a hood and it's like i don't know like a tiger that's i mean it's i'm not down with the kids okay i got mad at my daughter last night because you had like five devices going at the same time. I don't even know how you do that. I used to be pretty good at that. I'd have two. I'd have my phone. I'd have the show. Now I can't even do one. But, okay, anyway, he said that I'm going to clean this up because there's a few bombs in here. But it doesn't seem like he holds too much of a grudge. Oh, he doesn't? Doesn't seem like it. I but liked uh, some of the folks tweeting – that uh, his return, he needs to come out to 50 cents Miniman. Oh, it's a giraffe onesie. Thank you. Who is that? Uh, you know what? <laughs> How did you mix up a giraffe and a look, jaguar? Okay, go look at it. It's, it's spots. I can't tell what it is. Put Travis Hunter in your search. That look like a giraffe. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the bottom of a giraffe looks like. By the way, this is now um, my director from the 580. Since you didn't give yourself a name, I'm giving you... Director <laughs> of what's cool. So that way you can always make me feel <laughs> hip. This is awesome. Would you have guessed giraffe right away? Uh, if you had, I'll, I'll definitely take that L. I don't, yeah. I, okay. I don't think I would have guessed jaguar, but uh, I don't know that I would have said giraffe. <laughs> I don't know where jaguar came from. You know, the problem is you can't really see the, uh, the nose piece. You can't. If it was further down, I think I would have right, definitely said would giraffe, know. but... Let me get. I can see why you went big cat. Enough tomfoolery here, Josh Helmer. This is the home of Sooner fans. There is some dude that is listening in his car right now, screaming at the radio, <laughs> get back to sports. Yes. And that guy lives rent free in my head. Ted Roof. Ted Roof. We'll start with him. 30 good minutes to Ted Roof. Sooner defensive coordinator. I, I thought, or I think it was Ryan Chapman that opened up with questions about hey, you, you had to adjust. During the game, you went from, I mean, I, no, no offense, Tulsa starting quarterback didn't look like a mobile guy, and Cardell Williams was. So what was that adjustment like for your defense? Well, yeah, I mean, he had a, uh, more mobility than their starter, so it was certainly an adjustment. And, you know, the quarterback run game was in play. So you have to take all those things into consideration when you're, when you're preparing and, you know, make those adjustments during the course of the game. But – they did a good job of it. I I always panic regardless who the opponent is whenever I hear mobile quarterback. Mobile quarterback. And Emory Jones is a mobile quarterback. I mean, he's like 50 years old. He's been in college for like seven years. He was old whenever Oklahoma played him in the Cotton Bowl, for goodness sakes. Mobile quarterback always scares me, Josh. It's it's a triggering thing. It's like tuck rule or anything of that nature. So, I'm not lying. I'm not kidding. Whenever I tell you that you just add mobile to anything at the quarterback position. Stressful. Stresses me out to no end. And in what I've seen of Cincinnati so far, it's a really good team running the football. And Emory Jones is part of that. 45th in run defense is Cincinnati. And uh, obviously that's been 
a point of contention for Oklahoma fans. Mm-hmm. Can, can they uh, straighten the run game out? Can they improve it? And that's a nice little recipe, right, to help you go simplify things and win on the road is to not have to just air it out again and again and again if you can lean on the run game a little bit. So that's going to be a big key. And I know you and others seem to be pretty impressed with what Cincinnati's doing up front. I want to be very clear on this. I am impressed because I subscribe to the Book of Layman in the sports journal, the sports Bible, however. And if Teddy says something that involves the amount of talent he sees on a team or kind of how he feels about a certain player, in my, in my book, Josh, that's the gospel. Yeah, it's a, it's a good Bible to subscribe to. So Chris Plank's analysis shouldn't mean bleep to you, especially whenever Teddy's like, yeah, this is going to be a problem. And, I mean, well, here we go. Let's hear Ted Roof talk about it. I think James asked a question about, you know, the, the challenge for the linebackers in going out and, and playing an offense like Cincinnati has. And – Here's what Coach Roof had to say, not just about the challenge of Cincinnati, but how stressed his linebackers are going to be. As far as our linebacker play, uh, you know, we got to work to get, we got to get better. We got a lot of things we got to improve on. And uh, again, it was good to get a bunch of people reps the other day. Uh, so to continue to, to expose them to that and for our young guys to experience that and that the same guys, our older guys, say, okay, hey, here's what we got to get fixed. We got to take this off the tape. And as far as Cincinnati's offense, uh, you know, multidimensional, the, things that, the thing that jumps out the most is, you know, they're one of the top rushing offenses in the country. I think they're the eighth rushing offense in the country. The least amount of yards they've been held to this year is 219 rushing yards. That's a lot, okay? And that's the, that's the low end of what they've done. So our ability to, to defeat blocks, fit, and tackle is going to be a big, big deal uh, this week because they're really physical in what they do. And, you know, that's a team that, you know, has a lot of pride over the last five years of the one most winning team in college football. It's not like that – I mean, that just went away. That, that's, that's who they are. So, we're going to have to – we're going to have to put our best foot forward and go, go play really well, you know, in an environment that should be pretty hostile to, to, to find a way to win. Pretty consistent, good running football team. They've put up nationally impressive numbers. Let's see what it looks like for the Sooners trying to fend it or defend it come Saturday. I got a lot of work to do on Cincinnati. I've watched a little bit. I also think the Sooners have been really, really good in stopping the run. Now, I'm not trying to get too caught up in national stats already. I saw my buddy Jim in Arlington. Jim in Arlington was sending to the – the overall stats. I see you, Jim. Most efficient team in America. The Oklahoma. most efficient team in America. Number 15 uh, run defense, by the way. 15th in rush yards allowed per game. Um, seventh in passing yards per game. What's the difference between – oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, 15th – in rush yards allowed per game, but 63rd in pass yards allowed per game. But top five in turnover margin right now. Now, you pick off five passes in one game, that's going to do a lot for that. Top 23, third down offense, or, or third down defense, number one third down offense. So if you're Ted Roof, you know, hey, 
My guys on the offensive side are getting it done. We're balancing it out. Let's continue to do our job against a very, very good running football team. Yeah, I would imagine for Scott Satterfield, who, again, I'm not very familiar with, they had a couple 100-yard rushers and somehow lost. They ran 42 more plays. They outgained Miami of Ohio 538 to 358. Turn the ball over. Can't do it. Can't turn the ball over. All right, um, a little bit more here from Ted Roof. Now, you heard him at the start talk about the linebacker play in general. How did they handle the adjustments? I think it's really important. I mean, you know, the more situations uh, you put in, the more experience you have, and the more experience you are, usually the better you are. So uh, every every rep's like gold, man. Every rep is really critical. Mm. Mm. Valuable. Mm. Critical. Valuable. Josh, how excited should Oklahoma Sooner football players, our team, should the OU football fans be about right, – let me, let me try this again. I'm going I'm to be better at it. You give it your attempt. P.J. Adebore. I'm still sticking with Adebore. I am Adepudju Adibaware. 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 Boomer. Adibaware. Again. I can't even say it now. I am Adepudju Adibaware. Boomer. Adibaware. I am Adepudju Adibaware. Adibaware. A-D. I got that part down. Adipudge, One more time, please. Adibaware. Is there a, like an... Adipoju. Okay, go ahead. I am Adipoju Adibaware. Adibaware. Baraway. Baraway. One more right? time, please. Okay, one more time. Last time, everybody together. I am Adipoju Adibaware. By the way, thank you, Mike Hauk. How excited are people right now about PJ Adibaware? Adibaware. 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 It's too many syllables. Adibaware. The excitement is growing, and Ted Roof is seeing more and more and more every time it goes out. Again, being being more comfortable and reacting now, and not not thinking as much, you know, and just reacting. And uh, when that happens, you let your your athleticism, you know, kicks in a little bit more as opposed to thinking. And uh, you know, he's he's done a good job. As you know, a young guy like him, that uh, he's got a lot of ability and a very bright future, and he's just going to continue to get better and better because he works really hard at the game too. That's so exciting to hear. He did – well, he's a freshman, so he's going to make some mistakes. And Saturday was really cool because there was a little bit more room, so we were able to – we were able to move a little bit more than we typically can for home games on the sidelines. And that's not a knock. It's just the reality. There's not enough space down there. And he came over and he, he took his coaching – and then he went out the next series and did it right. Or at least this is me assuming by the reactions. And he did it the right way. And it was uh, – you could see the happiness on Miguel Chavis' face. P.J. Adeboare. 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 All right, quick break. We got more from Ted Riff coming up next. Jeff Levy, bottom of the hour. We're recapping the defensive coordinator, Ted Roof's press conference. Then we'll talk a little bit about the offensive side of things at the bottom of the hour. True Sooner, very well done. Eddie Bauer, Eddie Bauer away. That's what Eddie Bauer, Bauer away. Eddie Bauer away. Eddie Bauer away.
It's a plank show right here on the ref. I'm sitting here talking to my mic that's turned off. And we're back, everybody. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Everybody and your everybody and your pronunciation guides are helping. At a boy R A. At a bore, bore. Guy writes, however you pronounce it, quit trying to use a Nigerian ac- accent. I, I don't. That's. I'm trying to say it how he wants it said. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know I was using an accent. Eddie Bore. Eddie Bore. Eddie Bauer. I'm really struggling. Couple of quick uh, texts. Nine one eight asks, "What'd you think about a game in a smaller Chapman Stadium as opposed to the former Steel poorly attended Skelly Stadium?" My south end zone seats were so close to the field first time that I had a sideline reporter's view of the game. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm, I brought this up yesterday right off the top. My hope is that a lot of Sooner fans in the Tulsa area that don't get a chance to get to go to Tulsa games or don't have time or maybe just haven't been exposed to TU football – Maybe that's a chance for them whenever OU's not playing or whenever the Sooners might be on the road and playing primetime or morning in a time that's not the same as a TU game. They can go out and support Tulsa. They deserve it. They've invested in that program. Brad Carson, the president at TU, since he came in, has done a really nice job, and that's what Pop said, in, in building the Chapman Commons up and building, the, and building up the tailgate. It's really, really funny. It's really, really fun to see the way that it's grown, especially with how bad it was, man. I mean, you, and it's not anybody's fault, but you would have Harry Willis had his van and they were tailgating on one side of campus and you had Hasty Bake and Big O on the street. There wasn't anything like a point zero percentage of what they're doing now tailgate-wise. And it's a cool stadium. It really is. Uh, Sooner Gary writes, it wasn't just Teddy, by the way. Gabe was really impressed with Cincinnati as well. Oh, you can't sleep on them. Think Cincinnati took Miami of Ohio for granted and was looking ahead to OU. And turned the football over, as as you said. Mm. That's the great equalizer, right? I mean, you can rack up all these yards, and if you uh, don't cash in, can get beat. Uh, The 918 on the big numbers from – the Colorado-Colorado State game, most watched college football game of the year, most watched college football game in that time slot ever for ESPN. And what, a top five college football broadcast period regardless of network? Pretty awesome. Uh, The 918 writes, uh, what's up, Dion running his mouth before the game, crying about making it personal, might have had something to do with that hit because the hit on Hunter was dirty. I think by that point it's, you know, right? I mean, by that point in the game. It's it's competition and just a rivalry game. I don't know if it has anything to do with the back-and-forth pregame more so than mm-hmm. Colorado State guys are supposed to not really like Colorado guys. It's a rivalry. Somebody got probably a little, little caught up in the moment with the The Eddie Bauer away pronunciation guide from True Sooner. How'd our buddy Shep thinking? How will you remember the Eddie Bauer at the Promenade Ball, uh, Promenade Mall, back in our beloved 918? R.I.P. Promenade Mall. That was my favorite mall. There's a big mall stretch in my life, Josh. It was a single dad. It's about the only place you can take your kid. All right, well, daddy's here to get you. Let's go to the mall playground. But I met Sarah there. I met my wife there. 
Really? Yeah. Crazy, right? We went to see a movie, my son and I, and when we walked out, we'd crossed paths the night before, and I was like, you. I didn't know her name. You. We met last night. Hey. This is my son, Will. Will, ask her her name. Something like that. That's a true story. That's awesome, you man. can You can make fun of me for that one, Cheryl. But no, yeah, we met a promenade mall. She was there with her mom. I loved, I, I would always call it the promenade. There was one random area in the old promenade that was the land of misfit toys or forgotten toys. It's like you turn to left corner and it's like, oh, whoa, what is, what are these shops down here? I will remember it fondly, Shep. R.I.P. All right, more Ted Roof. One guy that I think has played a little bit more than I expected is Kenai Walker. What has Ted Roof seen in Kenai Walker at that corner position? Obviously, depth, a little better, right? But the the biggest thing that's mattered for Kenai Walker is really kind of the most obvious thing. Well, number one is health. You know, he's stayed healthy uh, and certainly, you know, gained more experience and, and more reps and, you know, has been thrown in the fire now. So, you know, he's a guy that uh, has, has done a good job and has de- trending in that direction, excited about him and, and happy for him, happy for us, and expected to continue to go that way. I think with guys that I haven't seen play before, when Justin Harrington came to Oklahoma, when Kenai Walker came to Oklahoma, a lot of my opinion is based on the aesthetics. Like, whoa, look at that guy. And Kenai Walker was always a guy that when he would be in uniform – You'd stop me like, dang, that looks like a guy that should be starting at cornerback. We've got a five foot nine guy over there. How about six two one ninety five? Why don't we go the six two guy? Very impressive, and and it's simple health, right? Health. I'm telling you one thing, dude. Those freshmen are coming now. Josiah Wagner's got to get healthy, but. Jacoby Johnson, Josh, you were all over him. You were all over him, right, whenever you saw Jacoby Johnson play in high school? Yeah, great talent. Corey Vickers had a couple mistakes last week, but still, he'll learn from them and get better. And, and did some nice things, too. And Kendall Dolby. I mean, I just, I just got lightheaded. We just mentioned five essential cornerbacks. What's going on here? Gentry Williams, Woody Washington, right? Your two starters. Then th- three guys coming off the bench? What world are we in? Kenai Walker, Makari Vickers, Kendall Dolby, and, and Wagner when he gets healthy? I think I'm leaving someone out, too. How? I mean, depth. Speaking, speaking of depth, Jaron Kanick has been fantastic. Or at least I think he has by my untrained eye. What say you, Ted Roof? You know, I've seen some improvement. By the way, this makes uh, – is this his fourth press conference of the year? Preseason, week one, week two, yes. Uh, because I number my Ted Roof cuts. This would make the fourth straight press conference that he's been asked about, Jaron Kanick. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. You know, seen some improvement. Uh, again, a young guy that uh, is in a position of – Leadership is in a position of communication, uh, you know, has to own own everything and, and help help run the show. 
excuse me, and be an extension of, of us. So, you know, that's, that's, a big, that's a big deal. And I think he's done a good job with it. And at the same time, we, there's a lot of room for improvement. But he's a guy that, that works really hard at the game all the time. And I have a lot of respect for that. And I expect him to continue to grow and get better and uh, moving forward. I think sometimes Stutzman was maybe a little bit guilty of this type of perception. But I think Canick gets labeled by the curmudgeons like myself of, oh, spend less time worrying about your hair. Spend less time doing this. Go, go learn how to – you're a linebacker. But I think we've seen that he is. He is that dude. He's not afraid. And he's getting better. He made a couple of mistakes. They all did. Speaking of making mistakes and getting better, Ted Roof was asked about the defensive tackles and how they were more disruptive on Saturday. I thought that uh, our guys inside you know, were more disruptive, and certainly that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And especially in, you're going into a week like we're going into right now where we know – you know, the, our inside guys have to win and get knocked back because if we're at the line of scrimmage or go backwards, you know, there's going to be some big-time seams. And these guys, you know, it, it he runs through a lot of tackles, and we cannot get, you know, cut out of, out of our gaps and, you know, make gaps wider because our, our whole deal is to constrict everything and uh, play team defense. And those guys did a nice job this week this weekend. I asked, I asked Ted about the defensive line. And I think and I think it was one of the funnier moments of the coach's corner because I like I I know I know I mean I'm not trying to tell you it feel but I know you probably think the defensive line can play better. He goes, "Oh yeah, a lot better. A lot." I like literally <laughs> So I he chose his words but I still think that they feel like they can be getting more out of that entire group. Good. The most commonly asked question puts a wrap on the Ted Roof edition. Coy, by the way, this is funny. Ted Roof really brings the energy and excitement to that room. Let me tell you. Hey, you keep that out of your mouth, Coy. He's got such a he's got such a relaxing voice that when you see him on the practice field, you're like, who is that guy right there? Dr. Jacqueline, Mr. Hyde. That's right. Most asked question. Were they better? This team's 3-0. We were 3-0 last year. Where are they actually better? What leads us to believe that this 3-0 is different than last year's 3-0? When you look at tape and you look at the execution, uh, I think we've executed better at this point than we have last year. But again... That's only three weeks in the season. Uh, it's about, you know, today and tomorrow, and then it'll be about Saturday and this week. And you know, we've got we got we got something to prove every day. And uh, so that's that's our approach. That's our mindset. That's our players' mindset. And uh, you know, we got to move forward and get better. <laughs> yeah, not satisfied. Anything more on the defensive side that you want to hit? Nor should they be. T- time to go prove it uh, against foes that. Well, matter a little bit more. 30 minutes on the offense next before Brent Venables takes over at 1130 right here on The Ref. (laughs) A couple of quick texts reacting to Ted Roof. Derek Derek writes, anyone with two God-given eyes 
can see this team plays different, faster, better, and just overall better with better technique. It's starting to click for our guys. Just sit back, watch it, and enjoy. Seems like our fans are so fatalistic sometimes. Dude, big term, fatalistic. Love it. Make the language blue again. I think that's sports fans in general, though. I think most of us are always waiting for that other shoe to fall. I mean, look how look how freaked out Alabama fans are right now. Sure. Gosh. Well, and it stinks, but we were in a similar position last year. And Oklahoma went and got mm-hmm. a very impressive Power 5 road win against, sure, what turned out to be another bad Nebraska team. But in that moment, in that time, in that headspace, it was wildly impressive what Oklahoma did uh, at Nebraska. And so we've kind of been there, done that with this team under Brent Venables and company to where they start off great in the non-conference and then it unravels. So, unfortunately, that's just kind of the cloud hanging over this thing is we got to see him go win Big 12 conference games. That's right. I think if there was one thing that we consistently talked about this summer during our countdown to the season shows, it was this is so fun that we have our Chick-fil-A countdown clock, Chick-fil-A 12th and out of Alameda, your game day tailgate headquarters, 405-310-3189. That we watched tick away during the offseason, Josh, from 100 to 75 to 50 to 30. And every week we said, man, I can't wait for the season to kick off. But we know regardless of what happens, no one's really going to be sold on anything until at least week four or five and then maybe not even until week six. I just think that's it's kind of where we expected things to sure. be. And, and, hey, the show's today, and I agree with what Derek's saying. Right now, it looks like this team is different, faster, better, better technique. From where we sit today, I hear you. But there's going to be some detractors out there because they just they, they want to see Oklahoma do it against, well, Texas. Right. Texas, uh, I, I mean, I think there's even some that are like, Cincinnati. Pff. All right, whatever. And, and, yeah, Cincinnati and Iowa State both, right? I mean, it's – there's just going to be questions about OU until mm-hmm. that Texas game. Uh, and then then one more from Brian with a Y, who has now been relabeled as Loco Ohio. I just wanted to say this. I know it's probably been said, but I don't, I don't think it's been said enough. In my opinion, Dylan Gabriel is playing amazing right now. Very happy to see it. Oh, he's been incredible. So let's nitpick. Uh, the offensive line. <laughs> you could not be more right, Brian. But what do we want? Flawless execution. What does Brent Venables always tell us, Josh Helmer? It ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. So while it's solid, where can Dylan Gabriel and this offense as general get better? Well, let's let's start with Jeff Lebby on the offensive line. Former offensive lineman himself. We talk about it a lot on this program. But we're we're aware, Josh, can this offensive line get better? Yeah, we've got to continue to get better, obviously, as we move forward. You know, the unit that we're facing this week is going to be the best unit we've played uh, up to this point. And, you know, we've, we've got to continue to play guys uh, like Caden and like Jacob so that we're 
uh, able to play multiple guys at, uh, at at the front spot. You know, I think we ended up playing 10 uh, last week. Troy also has played a lot of ball for us here in the first three weeks, which has been good to see. Um, the run game, we need more production from that standpoint. Uh, and we also we need to create some explosives at times in the run game. So we'll look forward to, uh, to that being a big part of who we are as we're moving forward as well. Well, more explosives in the run game. Preach, preach, preach. But again, you're getting explosive plays in the passing game. You got to take advantage whenever teams do decide they're, all right, listen, we're committing to stopping the run. They're, they're gashing us. Let's go try to drop more players and force them to run the football. All right, awesome. Show us that you can. And I think this team will. I think this team will. Um, run game as a whole. I wonder if this is – tell me, is this the same cut? Please don't be the same cut. Yeah, we've got to continue to get better. Oh, my gosh, it's the same cut. <laughs> um, all right, well, we saw, we saw Gavin Sawchuck get some reps. Very few. How do you feel like things came along for him? Yeah, I think just playing himself back into shape. You know, this is a guy that hadn't done much since August 2nd. He practiced a little bit the week before. He had a good week of practice, but then you get into those live situations, and, of course, they're a little different. So just getting him reps, that was invaluable, getting him back going. Um, so look forward to, to him getting back to himself. Would you say, Josh Helmer, and again, with the full expectation that it's going to be all right and things are going to click, and injuries happen, but is it fair to say that maybe Gavin Sawchuk's been one of the bigger disappointments? No fault of his own, just with our high expectations that all of us had. We expected to see a couple big runs. He just hasn't been able to get healthy and get out there. Barnes and Sawchuk both. Right. Uh, it's been disappointing in that way, and especially so, yeah, for Gavin Sawchuk and but. Hey, let's let's not write the full story yet, right? There's more chapters to be written. Right now, though, this team's better with Marcus Major and That's Tommy right. Walker getting carries. It is what it is. He is seventh in rushing yards for the Sooners. Seventh. Behind Tywee Walker, Javante Barnes, Marcus Major, Jackson Arnold, uh, Dalen Smothers, who I keep trying to call Dylan for some reason. I'll get over it. Dalen Smothers and Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. He's and had, he has as many carries as Marcus Major. Or I'm sorry, Jackson Arnold. More carries than Dalen Smothers and as many carries attempts as Dylan Gabriel. He's got what, 10? 10 carries. 20, 26 yards. 2.6 yards per carry. So, again, again, Josh, it's not some sort of, oh, yeah, he's doomed. Ride him off. It's. Maybe every little bit mattered in that Tulsa game for him. They used a lot of two-back sets. They really did. All right, um, so that's on the run game. That's on the offensive line. What about that running back rotation? Is it going to be the hot hand? Yeah, it's, it, there's a fine line in it, and we're, we're continuing to work through that. But, again, guys uh, have played quite a bit here through the first four weeks it, or the first three weeks was really good to get Gavin back on the field and get him quality reps. So as we move forward, it'll be a little more of the hot hand and, and who's playing really well at the time and in the moment as, as we're inside the, inside the game. Yeah. 
When we come back, you want to hear what Lebby has to say about the tight end position? You know that I do. People. People of Earth, be ready. All right, quick break. We're listening back to a little bit of Jeff Lebby, bringing you the highlights and your text as well. So we count down to the Brent Venables press conference live at 1130 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, uh, let's just try to rapid fire through some of these Jeff Lebby cuts before we get to the top five stories of the day. More of your text coming up. Why is this team better on third down? Coach, why? Yeah, it's been good to see guys make competitive plays. You know, when guys are wide open, you pitch and catch. That's really that's fun and it's good. But seeing guys make really competitive plays like Jay Gibbs play on third and 12, uh, which was a huge play in the game at that point, was was great to see. And we we got to continue that trend. You know, we're going to have guys open at times. But, man, when, when you're one-on-one and you got a chance to go make a competitive play, make the play. And I think that was the best thing coming out of Saturday. I told you, dude, that – that catch by Jaden Gibson is so lost in that game Saturday. So lost. Shouldn't be. Yeah, that was nice to see. And part of it was because this guy had a big game, Nick Anderson. Jeff Levy, I think Bob Prisville. Bob Prisville. Bob P. from Sooner Scoop. <laughs> My goodness. It's a tough morning for pronunciation. Not a good one. Eddie, Eddie Bauer away. Um, Jeff Levy was asked about Nick Anderson. Being the same kid every day, as hard as it was, him not being healthy and having the soft tissue issues and, and going through different things when he knew he had the ability to be on the field and play and make an impact with uh, where we were in that room this time last year, uh, him just staying true to who he is. You know, He's got an incredible family. He's got a, an incredible future, and he's a young man that has just continued to work and put himself in positions of success. It was really fun to see him come out of his shell a little bit on on Saturday and have some success. All right, let's uh, – yeah, it was great. Just stay healthy. Three catches, three touchdowns. Dude's got a chance to do something special. I was watching the the teaser, Kane Helms and him on his podcast, and I loved when he said, it feels like it's not real. <laughs> he went by so fast. Yeah, next thing you know, game's over, you're in the locker room, you're celebrating, and you're on the bus. Run game as a whole, I think we heard that. What about offensive line in general? Where does it need to continue to improve, especially whenever we're talking about in relation to the run game? Yeah, we've got to continue to get better, obviously, as we move forward. You know, the unit that we're facing this week is going to be the best unit we've played uh, up to this point. And, you know, we've we've got to continue to play guys uh, like Caden and like Jacob so that we're – uh, able to play multiple guys at, uh, at at the front spot. You know, I think we ended up playing 10 uh, last week. Troy also has played a lot of ball for us here in the first three weeks, which has been good to see. Um, the run game, we need more production from that standpoint. Uh, and we also we need to create some explosives at times in the run game. So we'll look forward to, uh, to that being a big part of who we are as we're moving forward as well. Speaking of the run game. Yeah, we've got to continue to get better, obviously. I think I've labeled the same cut like five different ways on here. You really like that cut. I really think that's a good cut. How about the left guard rotation? Yeah, we're going to continue to roll some guys up front. Uh, We've got guys that deserve to play, you know, and those guys have played and they'll continue to. Um, With what we're seeing out of Cincinnati is is a front that's really good. Uh, They're big, they're long, they're physical. And uh, the, the strength of their defense to me is, is that, that front. So 
uh, it'll be a great challenge for us as we go on the road. Maybe Coach Levy is trolling me, and he answered two questions the exact same way. Doubtful. Dylan Gabriel's been better, huh? Huh? I think he's in a comfort level right now that he wasn't in this time last year. And um, he spent a bunch of time in the building last year. He's spending a ton of time in the building right now. So that part of it hasn't changed. Again, he had to go through some things last year that, that were hard. And I think that's matured him in a way that, to have a really uh, stern edge about him and how he's preparing and, and uh, playing with the chip on his shoulder. And he's got to continue to do that. There you go. There you go. An hour of looking back on the highs and lows from the coach's perspective from the day that it was in the 918. When we come back, we'll head down the home stretch of the countdown to the Brent Venables press conference. 11.30 a.m. But in the meantime, we're going to hit the top five stories of the day, including some big TV numbers for Colorado and for college football in general next right here on The Ref.